Relationships, entrepreneurship, among other things. So sit back, relax, and, and let's get into it. <laughs> let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a great show for you. We do. We have the topic of medical bias and implicit bias. Yes, we're also going to talk about about streams of income streams of income we can all use extra streams of income and we can't forget about the bible verse yeah, of the day we're gonna start off with the bible verse of the day and close out with a little prayer so so darling b what is the bible verse of the day <laughs> all right so as we said last week make sure that you go back and you check that out we heard different words for the year from different pastors and churches and the one that resonated with us the most at least to begin with is restoration the year of restoration and i truly believe that after the year 2020 <laughs> a lot of us need restoration need things restored we need things restored whether it's our health whether it's our joy whether it's our peace Finally. Finances. Finances. Everything that's going on in the world, we, we need things to be restored. <laughs> Today, the verse that I have is Isaiah 61, and I'm reading out of the NLT, New Living Translation. And to be honest, you can probably read the whole of Isaiah 61. Feel free. <laughs> right. But I'm reading from verse 7 to 9, and it says... Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity. Double portion, y'all. Double portion of prosperity in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be recognized and honored among the nations. Everyone will realize that they are a people that the Lord blessed. Who wants to be known as a people that the Lord blessed? Amen, amen. We are a people that the Lord blessed. You are a people that the Lord blessed. Hold on to that word and bring it all the way through 2021 and beyond. That's a good word. Remember Isaiah 61 verses, verses <laughs> 7 through 9. Yes, yeah, 7 through through nine okay and like i said if you want to read the whole of 61 that is mighty fun what we're honing in on is isaiah 61 7 through 9 all right john so what's our topic let's talk about the topic talk today about, yes medical bias implicit, implicit bias. bias now you may say what implicit what? bias what is implicit bias <laughs> what is it <laughs> well as you know as you've heard it has the word bias in it right. so it's a form of bias that occurs automatically and unintentionally but at the same time affects your judgment decisions 
and one's behaviors. So question, mm-hmm. if somebody is implicit, if they have an implicit bias versus an explicit bias, I mean, is the result the same? Yeah, the result is the same. The major differences are, like we were saying, unintentional and automatic. So one implicit, yeah, indirect, unaware, and it's in your subconscious as opposed to being direct, aware, and in your conscious. So you as, know what you're doing, basically. Yeah, so explicit, you know what you're doing, and implicit, you don't really know what you're doing, you do it, and you don't realize why you're doing it. Right. It's in your subconscious. Okay, so like a good example would be maybe if you have, if you don't like dogs, right? Right, you'll come out and say, you're talking to your friend, I don't like dogs. Right, and you stay away from them at all costs. Right, or when you're walking down the street, you see a dog, you'll back away, or whatever the case may be. Right, but to your friend, you would say, oh, you know, I don't mind dogs. Right. Okay. So your subconscious. Right, so, okay. All right, tell me what is going on with this implicit bias. Well, implicit bias in the medical field, since we know COVID's going on right now, people in the hospital, people are seeing doctors. So we're like, you know what? And you hear about the disparities between how black people are treated or how black people uh, are more likely to catch COVID. So we were thinking ourselves- I'm like, does COVID just like look for black people? Is that right, what? right. So it's like, hmm, what's this? <laughs> I remember a time when people, black people were saying that they didn't catch COVID and the next week they were just dropping like flies. With- right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> we talked about that a lot. So let's dive into this, into the medical field. This just can't mm-hmm. just be that black people have things more than other people. There's got to be something behind it. Right. And that's where implicit bias comes into play. Okay. So I want to know statistics. Statistics. Yeah. One <laughs> statistic is as far as prescribing medication. Okay. You're going into the doctor for pain. Or you're saying, oh, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. And they may not want to give you that medication. And one a stat as far as prescribing opioids. We saw that black people are 34% less likely to prescribe these opioids. And you're like, why is that? Okay. So help me understand. Because right now there is an opioid crisis going on in this country. Right? So you're telling me that some people are being prescribed opioids while black people aren't really being prescribed opioids? Well, that seems to be the case according to the stats. Even if they have pain. Well, that's that's what it seems to be. <laughs> that's what it seems to be. And then you wonder why. And then we go into these bias, these implicit bias. Well, if you remember back in the day, back in the 80s, you had the war on drugs, you yeah. know, say no to drugs and the crack epidemic and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, most of it was attributed to black people and certain black crack, n- cocaine. crack cocaine in certain neighborhoods you know and I Nancy Reagan well it was Nancy Reagan yeah just say no it was Nancy uh-huh. Reagan so these people doctors I'm sure around in the 80s may not prescribe they see these images of black people um, being drug dealers selling drugs or just hoarding drugs so in their subconscious when they see a black person come in there they already may have an idea well I better be, because opioids are a powerful drug. Maybe I should not give this person this drug because they might take it, sell it, and do some illegal things with it. So that's where the implicit bias comes in, where someone else that's not black will come in. They won't have that preconceived notion. Oh, I have a headache. Right, I have a headache. Oh, take some opioids. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that's where this is. Right, give, 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 it, give it all. Give it I'll all give to them. give you a month's worth. <laughs> right, so that's one implicit bias regarding prescribed medication. I mean, I have my own story, even with a family member. I have a family member. So this family member was really dealing with pain for a long period of time, and they kept on going to their doctor, their primary care doctor, and saying, I'm having pain. I'm having this overwhelming pain. I'm having pain. I'm having pain. And for years, they did not change the medication. They did not adjust the medication. They 
did not, they didn't do anything for this family member. And it wasn't until this family member was on the verge of maybe even dying that when I stepped in and said, look, something best be done about what's going on. And what happened after that? After that, what? guess what they did? They took tests. Tests after tests after tests after tests. Blood tests that they could have done. Earlier, right? Earlier, mm-hmm. right. And then found out that this person had a form of a disease like lupus. So that could have been found out years mu- ago. Years, years ago. ago. Mm-hmm. Years ago. Instead of getting to the point where the person was on the verge of life and death. Thank God that something was able to be done and the person is still living. But how many people does this happen to? Right. And you and Darlene B said, we're going to bring the stats. Let's bring the stats to you. Right. Please. This was in 2016 in the medical news today. These are the thing about these aren't, these are people getting ready to be doctors. These are students. Right? It said 2016 found that many white medical students wrongly believe black people have a higher pain tolerance than white people. Hmm. And that's the people that actually admitted it. Right, right. Okay. How about the people that, like we were saying, they are implicit? So they may not think that they think that black people don't have a higher tolerance for pain, but they do actually indeed have that thought process. Right. And going to 73% of these people who were in this study held at least one false belief about the biological difference between races. At least one. So they might have two, three, four. Man, that sounds like eugenics. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that sounds like a eugenic mindset of where you believe that black people are inferior and others are superior and therefore black people you don't feel pain which leads me to back in the day another example another example is who the world celebrates as the father quote unquote quote unquote father of gynecology he held the same mindset and guess what guess who he did his experiments on mm. so who? so all so most of the procedures and the tools and everything that is used today in gynecology you should actually thank the enslaved women that he did his experiments on without anesthesia imagine that without anesthesia okay anarcha lucy and i can't remember the third lady and i believe that they are being celebrated right now or recognized for their contribution to medical the medical society he used he perfected his craft on these enslaved women cutting slicing dicing doing whatever to them and then when he perfected right after he opened his own medical practice and he used anesthesia for everybody else yeah that implicit bias if i if i, if I ever heard it <laughs> that's explicit well that too i was thinking that ain't no and this was back in what the 1800s 1886 1886 and we're mm-hmm. still on a topic of implicit bias in the medical field regarding pain tolerance. And, oh, and the reason why I brought him up was because he had the notion that black women or black people didn't feel pain. So I'm sure when he was slicing and sewing and doing whatever else, they must not have been screaming and crying and all that. No, they probably were. He didn't care. And like I said, <laughs> in his mind, he's like, well, no, it's not pain. It's just... It's not the same. It's not the same. They're just, <laughs> I don't know why they're screaming and yelling. Right. And the crazy thing is this is still happening today. Another example from the medical news today is saying that this still impacts today. This is regarding appendicitis in children. It says in another study, black children with appendicitis were less likely to receive appropriate pain medication than white children. Wow. 
I just want to say their names. So their names are Narka, Lucy, and Betsy. The reason why he ended up working on them over and over again, I guess, is because they were used as breeders to breed slaves. And so it was important for their owners to make sure that they were up to speed to be able to go back to do their job as soon as possible. I just want to right. It's, it's crazy. This pain treatment. I mean, it's like the list goes on and on. We can get into childbirth. Another stat. They're saying that black women are three to four more times likely to die in childbirth. I mean, even 2020 alone, it's like we kept on hearing person after person dying in childbirth in 2020. Dying in childbirth. Right. A healthy, How does that... reasonably healthy person going in and just and dying and not coming out. And how was that? You sit back, maybe you never sat back and thought about that. How was that? Like in 2020, right. we're in 2021 now, but how was that in 2020, these things are still happening. I, I don't believe you can just say it, that it's just happenstance. It just and it just seems like it's happenstance to certain people, right. black people. That's mm-hmm. what we're discussing now. I mean, even speaking of a 20, I think it was either the end of 2020 or beginning of 2021, the doctor that died of COVID, the black doctor that died of COVID. Right, right. And instead of saying, you know what, our mistake, you know what, we didn't treat her the way that we should have treated her. No, they came out and they said they were scared of her. Right, she, she intimidated them. The people who are treating him. <laughs> Obviously, we weren't there, but it seems she's a doctor. She knows what's going on, so she knows probably what she should get from what she shouldn't get. Right. And they maybe they didn't like that, that she knows. Right. And they couldn't get away with maybe what they would normally get away with. Well, this is, like, like you said, this is 2020. This still. Let's even talk about that and how right now we're in a situation because of COVID that hospitals have pretty much closed down to allowing family members of patients to come in and and advocate for their family. So you're sending your family into the hospital really with a hope and a prayer. Right. Well, I- we believe prayer. Right, right, prayer, but they're isolation. Isolation, stress, worry, all of that being in the hospital and you don't have a person to stand up for you or to know what kind of drugs are they giving you? What kind, you know, every time they stick you, what are they sticking you with? There's a lot of questions. We won't even get into the whole vaccine thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's another, that's another that's topic. That's a whole other topic. A whole other topic. Right? A whole other show. Yeah. So what I will encourage, though, people is that, or anybody listening, is that if you do have any family members that happen to go into the hospital, be on top of them. No, you don't want to be a bother or quote unquote annoying, but be on top of them. Make sure they're giving your family vitamin C. Right. Make sure that they're giving them vitamin D. Make sure that, ask questions look up research everything that they tell you that they're doing and let them know that there's someone on the outside that's paying attention right and it seems that when you do that they're more apt to okay well like i said not get away with what we usually get away with but pay more attention to the care that they're giving the patient because someone on the outside is watching right and then we didn't even talk about so much so much on this (laughs) and speaking of being in the hospital we didn't even get into the end of life some people whether they're sick or just of age that there's a disparaging treatment of black people even in that realm. Right. There's a stat that Medicare pays out at the end of life for black people about $7,200, which is more than they pay out for white people. And this is in the Michigan Health. This is June of 2020. So you can look at it two ways. You can look at it, okay, if Medicaid doesn't want to pay that out, are, how hard are they going to fight for that person's life? How hard are they going to try to keep that person alive because they have to pay out so much right. money? Right. If the hospitals know, well, Medicare 
cares? You know, that we're paying, like Darling was saying, we're paying too much money to keep this person alive. This is, no, this is, you gotta, you gotta do something. We right. can't, we can't have this. Right. And then, or the other way to look at it is in what I've experienced is that in the end of life period, when your parents get to a certain age or your uncle, aunts, whatever, that they actually start doing unnecessary treatments right. and operations and things like that on your, the elderly because they have carte blanche. Insurance. Insurance. The insurance, insurance right. cover. Okay. The insurance will cover it. So they will use up your your loved one with whatever it is that they can use them up with. And then once they're done with them, what happens? Once they feel like they can't get any more out of that person, then what happens? So go, sorry, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, there's nothing more we can do. Right. So it's a lot to pay attention to. Say, if you have family members, really pay attention, even for yourself, even for yourself, because when you go to your doctor, you have no idea who, who this person is. Right. You don't know. I Let me tell you, let me tell you a little story. So we can even talk about insurance or the lack of insurance and the, dis- the disparity in treatment. In treatment. Oh, yes. Man. So that sounds like it might have to be a part two. <laughs> I think it it is going to have to be a part two. I had a situation where I went to a doctor's office. I can't remember what kind of doctor it was. This doctor was kind of like on the up and up. They were, you know, like a shining star kind of doctor. And I went to the doctor and I gave them my insurance. And when they got my insurance, my insurance said one thing, but because they already had an idea of who I was and thought that I didn't deserve to be in that office, they ended up treating me like garbage okay sounds like they had some implicit bias that's the theme of the day implicit is bias. it implicit or is it explicit it's implicit because they saw you mm-hmm. they already had a preconceived notion of okay well this person might not even have insurance so i gotta be aware like it's if you think about it when you go to the doctor what's what's the first thing to ask you what's your name right right what's the second thing you're gonna ask you insurance insurance mm-hmm. and then if you pay attention how you answer that question usually determines how the you treat- the treatment and how you're going to be treated by the individual that's in front of you right so that's why it says implicit they seeing you and then sizing you up so to speak mm-hmm. and then you give them the insurance card it's like oh, okay that that proved what we were thinking then they you know treat you accordingly how they already thought that they should treat you right so they thought that I was on government assistance and everybody let me let me just say everyone deserves to be treated uh humanely absolutely fairly regardless and with care but for them they thought that my insurance I had government assistance insurance and they took a look at me and just said well yeah she she probably is on government assistance right and as soon as they saw my insurance like I said they started treating me like garbage they started treating me like I didn't deserve to be there and asking me all kinds of questions and this and that and I'm like I answered these questions I don't understand why you're asking me again and it was so bad that they ended up coming back to me and calling me and apologizing for the treatment that they gave me because they showed so much bias, racism. Right. That that, that racism. Right. That, well, that that sums it up. Yeah, that's the big umbrella. But I'm thinking that's why we can say it's implicit because after that they sat back, maybe thought about it. Oh, the light bulb went off. Mm-hmm. So, oh wow, I treated this person this way. Right. When they shouldn't be treating anybody anyway. Right, right. I'm just saying. To try a person to, is a person. I'm definitely not explaining it away. What, Absolutely right, not. Right. No. But these type of things happen. And we don't know. When we go to the doctors, we don't know. We don't know who's at the reception desk. We don't know who the doctor is and 
what they're a part of. You don't know what the nurse is a part of. Over the last few weeks, we saw a lot, and we're going to get into that in part two. Yeah, part two. two. Like I said, this implicit <laughs> bias is going on, and there's a lot to talk about. We'll get into that part two. Yes, and we're also going to talk about a stream of income. Yeah, we'll bring that up in part two as well. So make sure that you come on over and listen to part two. But don't forget to visit our website at bnbreviewsit.com, and there you'll be able to get more information about us. We're going to be putting the podcast up there and also about our business. We do custom shirts and also we have our own designs. So we'd love for you to come on over yeah, and visit. Yeah, Make sure you check us out there. You can also check us out on YouTube at BNB Reviews It. Yes. I'm going to just close out with a short prayer and we hope that you come over and listen to part two. We just thank you, Lord, for your revealing. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this time. We thank you, Lord, for information, Lord. And we thank you for each and every person that's listening right now. We ask that you bless us, Lord. We ask that you cover us, Lord. We ask, Lord, for your hedge of protection in this crazy time, Lord. And we just give you all glory, all honor, and we worship you in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Beautiful amen. prayer and we thank you for listening. Yes. Hanging with us. Yeah. And like we said, make sure you come back. Check out part two. We got some more things to say about this implicit <laughs> bias. We gonna speak it. We're gonna keep speaking it. And we're gonna speak about the stream of income. Yes. So make sure you check out that podcast as well. Yes. So I'm Darlene B. I'm John B. And we are BNB Speaks It. So take it easy. Take it easy. Bye.